When a Canadian news outlet, the CBC, published an article, did a TV news segment, and follow-up social media Q&As on this, I knew I'd have to tackle it on the podcast. The question, are gas stoves toxic, and if so, what's a better alternative? That's what we are going to talk about on today's show, episode 87 of the Missing Pillar of Health podcast. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Before I dig in, I want to share a listener review from Maria Lum. She writes, thanks for bringing the info to us. Emma, thanks very much for these wonderful podcasts with really useful information like kid brain development, toxins in our homes, and health. But the most important of all, which actions are really impactful without getting stressed out about it and lost on trying to change? Thank you, Maria, for tuning in and giving the show a five-star rating and this lovely written review. I really appreciate everyone who's taken the time to do so, as it helps the podcast reach more people. All right, so What did the CBC report about gas stoves? Well, they shared findings from a study by a team of California researchers that was published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology in January of 2022. Now, as is the case with a lot of news reports and headlines, it shared, I would say, part of the story. So I went into the actual study to break down what they found. They took 53 home kitchens in California, sealed the rooms in plastic tarps, and then measured emissions when the stoves were on and when they were off. They also tested emissions when they were being lit. Possibly the most surprising result was that three quarters of the methane released happened while the stoves were off. So methane was leaking. They also measured levels when they were on and during ignition and burners that were lit with a built-in electronic sparker emitted less methane than those with a pilot light. It is known that most stoves and associated nearby piping leak some methane continuously. And this study found that, yes, that is the case with the fact that methane was being released when the stoves were off entirely. Now, low concentrations of methane are not known to be harmful to our health. If methane builds up in high concentrations, it displaces oxygen in the air and can cause symptoms of oxygen deprivation, which can be very bad, but this is unlikely to happen with regular stove use. That being said, 
Methane is a potent greenhouse gas. And since it's estimated, according to the study, that over 40 million U.S. homes have natural gas stoves, this poses a problem environmentally. The researchers estimated the annual methane emissions from all gas stoves in U.S. homes have a climate impact comparable to the annual carbon dioxide emissions of 500,000 gas-powered cars. A lot of greenhouse gases are converted into impact of carbon dioxide emissions, just so we're comparing apples to apples. But that's a whole other technical topic. With gas stoves, methane isn't the only problem. Air pollutants, including nitrogen oxides, were found to be emitted at increasing rates as more gas was burned. Now, interestingly, the U.S. only has ambient or outdoor air quality exposure guidelines for nitrogen oxide, specifically nitrogen dioxide. Canada has a maximum exposure limit indoors. And the researchers of this study estimated that families who do not use their range hoods or who have poor ventilation can exceed the one-hour standards within a few minutes of stove use, particularly in smaller kitchens. Again, the research used poly or tarps and created a small enclosed space around the stove. So it's not necessarily indicative to how all stoves are used, but it did find that you can get nitrogen dioxide levels up quite high when using stoves. Now, exposure to nitrogen oxides is linked to respiratory problems like asthma, decreased lung function, particularly in children. Dozens of studies have found that children living in a home that used gas for cooking had increased risk of asthma, and indoor nitrogen dioxide increases the risk of wheeze in children. So with all of this doom and gloom around gas stoves, should you replace yours if you have one? Should you buy one if you're shopping for a stove? And if not, what should you use instead? Induction stoves are quickly becoming popular alternatives, so I want to talk about those for a moment. Unlike gas or conventional electric stoves, induction uses electricity to create a circular magnetic field under the elements. And this electromagnetic induction works with certain pots and pans that contain iron, namely cast iron and stainless steel, to heat up the pan and then subsequently the food. The element itself doesn't get hot. Because all of the energy goes directly into the pot and then the food inside it, induction gives a much faster, more efficient cooking experience. It's more energy efficient and it's easier to clean up because you don't have like a regular glass top, cooktop where food, if your pot boils over, the food burns on. However, the issue with induction stoves is they also create electromagnetic radiation. The exposure is highest when you are physically at the stove. So with EMR, the distance between you and the source decreases your exposure drastically. When you're touching the pot handle, you become part of the electromagnetic circuit. Now, for many people, this won't be a problem, but for some, particularly if you are already EMF sensitive or you potentially could become EMF sensitive down the road, if you have multiple chemical sensitivity, because often people with MCS become or are already EMF sensitive, 
And also if you have a pacemaker or an insulin pump, the electromagnetic radiation from induction stoves should be avoided. Now, I'm not going to go into detail on EMFs right now. I did another episode where I touched on EMFs alongside fluoride and radon, and that's in episode 15. You can also listen to an interview that I did with Ashley Spanovich, who at the time was studying to become an electromagnetic radiation specialist. And that is on episode five of my other podcast, the Healthy Green Homes podcast. Now, the health risks with gas stoves are more documented than EMF exposure from induction cooktops, but can be mitigated with proper ventilation. The risk of EMFs is still emerging, and I think we will be learning a lot more about this in the years to come. But the exposure with an induction stove is unavoidable. Other options like glass top or typical coil element electric stoves, like any electrical device, also emit EMFs, but at lower amounts compared to an induction stove. And cooking food on any cooktop releases toxins into the air, so ventilation is essential regardless of what you are using to cook on. And that's why my number one tip, no matter what your stove is, is to run your range hood which is the technical term for the exhaust fan above your stove at all times when cooking and for some time after. Because in the case of gas, the research has shown that some of those byproducts can linger in the air even after cooking. Now, when an exhaust fan is running, you need to make sure that there is fresh air coming in from somewhere else. Older homes typically have air leakage through the windows and walls. Newer homes are more airtight and so they will have their own ventilation system sometimes hooked up in concert with the ventilation fan. So just make sure that you're using whatever you have in your home for an HRV or an ERV properly because that will give you the air supply to replace what you are exhausting. If you don't have mechanical ventilation, then you might want to crack a window a little bit just to allow fresh air to come in and replace the air that you're pulling out through the exhaust fan. Now, you also need to make sure that the exhaust fan filters are cleaned regularly. As they get clogged with grease and dust, the fan won't be able to pull through the rated volume of air, and your air quality inside will suffer as a result. The good news is a lot of these filters are metal mesh, and they can go in the dishwasher. Always check the instructions on your fan when in doubt. I find white vinegar as an initial degreaser followed by dish soap works quite well. Now, personally, while I will probably switch to an electric stove the next time around, it's more so from an environmental perspective than a personal health perspective. I don't plan to replace the gas stove that we installed a couple of years ago when we moved because we prioritized installing ductwork and a high airflow fan in our kitchen that we use every single time we turn our gas stove and oven on. We also installed an ERV. Our house is 100 years old, so we felt it was important to address ventilation and energy efficiency. The research that I talked about at the start of this episode focused really on poorly ventilated enclosed areas. So to that end, if you have a recirculating fan only, which is common if you have a microwave fan, for example, I highly recommend looking to see if you can get it vented outside. In our case, we were doing some renovations anyways in the house that we moved into, and we had the contractors 
build a duct and drywall bulkhead on top of the cabinets over our stove and countertop to vent outside. A recirculating fan does nothing to remove the indoor air pollutants nor moisture from cooking, which can also contribute to an increased risk of mold. So air movement is important for a lot of different reasons. If you cannot install outside venting, then you can open a window instead, running the recirculating fan to help encourage airflow, but know that you're not going to be getting the same indoor air quality improvement as with a direct exhaust fan. If you cannot install a directly vented exhaust fan, because I know this is the case for a lot of people, depending on how your home is set up, or maybe you are renting or financially constraints, whatever the case might be. But if you cannot install an exhaust fan and you know that you have poor ventilation, this is one case when I would look at swapping out your gas for an electric stove. I am not always a huge fan of totally replacing things when they are working. I'm a big fan of working with what you have and trying to mitigate exposures. You know, I've talked about this with things like couches that maybe have ingredients that you wouldn't choose if you were shopping today, but you have a house full of furniture that you're not going to get rid of. So doing things like damp dusting and increasing airflow again, which is so important for a lot of reasons. You know, there's ways to work around it. However, given the research on indoor air quality with gas stoves and poor ventilation and the risk of respiratory issues, particularly if you have small children, I do think that this is something to really seriously consider. If you are moving into an older home that does not have good ventilation, then I would probably bypass the gas stove entirely and go with either an electric kind of regular one or induction, depending on how you feel about the EMF situation. So I hope this puts it into context and that if you have a gas stove and you're running your exhaust fan that is vented directly outside, I think you can kind of intended take a bit of a deep breath and maybe a sigh of relief because you are not going to be getting the same results as we saw in the studies that are using really poorly ventilated areas. But those studies drive home the importance of making sure that if you are using a gas stove in particular, but really any stove that you are ventilating when you are cooking. I hope this helps. I'll see you on the next episode. Wait, before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and like what you've heard, please take a moment to hit subscribe and leave a five-star rating and a written review. You can do it right from the app. It takes just a sec and really helps me to be able to continue to share this important information with more people. Plus, you might just get a shout out on a future episode. Thanks so much and bye for now.